I am unashamed. What about you? So that's when is shooting holes in anything a positive thing? <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Well, every sign I just passed coming out here had a hole in it. Phil said that saying. It's like some of our sayings are really weird. Phil's like, you're going to get up early in the morning before you shoot holes in what I'm going to say, which means if I shot holes in what he said, that would actually be a positive thing. Up to now, most people. And you get up in the early morning to shoot holes and the stuff. Only That's holes, what we do. The only holes I've seen in this modern day is holes in signage all around me and my gate there's hope there's bullet holes in my gate it it, it could have been a message don't shoot him but we'll get around to him but shoot holes in his gate what is it in the redneck mind that every every sign you pass you want to stop and shoot it and I they're paying for it no yeah it's tax dollars pay for but you're reading reading they're way paying too much. So you're i'm paying reading for way it. too much in this here's i'll give me you, and zach are paying for it can i give you the reason it. the redneck reasoning on why i would love to know i I, ha I have to say back in the day when i was young I have shot a sign or two, so I'm not. I'm. I'm not there's, doing this. I'm not judging. I'm just saying. There's a variety of reasons, but I'll give you the number one reason. Besides people, ignorance. <laughs> no, I'm giving you the number one reason why people shoot signs. Because this is the only reason I ever shot. Because signs are are good. It's signs a time thing. That. It's a time thing, Al. You get a rifle. You get a new gun, yeah. which happens down here on a daily basis. People yeah. get guns. New guns. And instead of setting up some kind of target somewhere and they got to sight it in, they're just like, there's a well, sign. there's a target right there. <laughs> Put that, whoop, boom. Look like you're off about <laughs> six inches. They move. I really think that's the number one. So reason. I agree for a rifle hole that makes sense, but most of them are shot with buckshot. You don't need yeah, the shot. You know, that's number two. That's no. anger issues, <laughs> which I would rather you shoot a sign than somebody. Well, that's true. So, so you have to no start a campaign. <laughs> if you're mad, shoot a sign. I mean, I, I guess you're right, Jace. I hadn't thought about it from that perspective. Right, there you I, go. I just kind of went moving with on dad's thing. It wasn't that smart, but. You got to shoot a hole. You got to get up early to shoot a hole, <laughs> which is funny. So where well, have you been, Jace? You were gone. I, well, um, I you came a, in with have, he came into the podcast studio with two dozen eggs. Yeah, that uh, out of everybody that's ever come in here, that's a first. So I, most of them don't bring eggs. No, not Jace came in, you, brought eggs. I have uh, I've acquired a property. Where I am no longer in need of eggs. I have become a <laughs> a man of the forest. Giver. It's better to give than to receive. I agree with that. Where but where's the property at? It's in Tennessee, somewhere. So how do you so you bring in eggs in from Tennessee? You're not gonna stumble up on my place. It's so how do the how do the eggs get from Tennessee to here? I acquired a property that had a farm and these people were in a hurry to leave which look i think this is probably a first we acquired the property a couple months ago for a sum of money yeah. you know it wasn't like they gave it to us and the former owners of the property they came and visited while i while i was there which was awesome because yeah. they had lots of questions oh yeah so they could kind of Give you the lowdown on the yeah, it's kind of weird. So they told us about the place. They got teary eyed, you know. They didn't. So they were telling us because they were worried about the animals. They had a connection there. So these these chickens are laying. So they left their animals. Yeah, this was a buy buy the whole kitten caboose. We bought the whole thing. Okay. So I got about twenty five chickens, and I got two roosters. And they said you might want to do something about that. I said, what does that mean? He <laughs> said, well, you just need one. So I was like, oh, okay. So I've got 13 goats. There's three different kinds. Well, one that we've nicknamed Bully the Kid is the lead. You get it, Billy? You know, yeah. Billy Goat. I got that. Billy that was, the Kid. That was clever. Bully. I thought it was pretty good. <laughs> clever. But he's a bully. Well, he's a feigning goat. And so they said, now look, so don't be surprised. So he just fall out? Well, that's why I said, what, what, what do you mean? And there were three different, I can't remember the three different kinds. But they said, oh, well, don't be alarmed if, like, you scare him and he just falls out and goes into convulsions and then just, like, <laughs> stops breathing. I said, so he, so I, I can't wait. 
Because, <laughs> you know, I met a guy who used to box goats, and I thought he was kidding. And he's like, no, it's the greatest time that goat's ever had. Because you can't, there's nothing you can do. First, I was a little yeah. upset about it because right. I was like, what are you being mean to goats? He's like, no, you can't hurt that goat. He said, I put boxing gloves on. He just whoops my tail every time. You know, does so, he butt? Does he butt? Is that what? Oh we're... yeah, he 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 Butts, whoops yeah. he whooped the boxer every time. <laughs> He's perfect record, like one hundred and twenty-seven <laughs> and oh, he gonna come out there because they butt each other. You can't you can't hurt them with boxing gloves. Right. So that's what he said, but I thought he was kidding. So I go out. Th- so I've been a little leery of all the goats, but uh, you ought to see those things. You know, they'll square off and just butt into each other. Just hard. Oh, me and you would be dead. So I'm a little nervous if they ever think I'm a tree. Yeah. You know, so so anyway, I got these goats and I got the chickens. So it was, you know, he basically said, I got to look at the trees and they've killed the trees. And so they were moving their fence. I was like, what What was, those goats did that? Because I thought there were deer rubbing on the bottom of the trees. Mm-hmm. No, the goats eat the bark. Kills the trees. So then he said, well, next, you know, we were going to get some pigs. The pigs then uproot the trees. They fall over. Then grass grows, and then you bring the cows in. I said, are you serious? He said, yeah. I said, the problem is by the time all that happens, I'll be dead. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it did make me think of this. You know, the evidence, the evidence, well, the evidence of God's creation, that's what hit me in that. I thought. I mean, basically, God created the earth to through the animals to actually regenerate itself in that capacity because right. he was actually right. right. You get a bunch of goats, and then you have the pigs and a big wind, and then the cows move in, and then they just move over to the next side of the mountain. And then all these things that we do, I know like Mr. Hoover somewhere, I know probably he was sitting on a porch one day and he saw some beavers playing patty cake on a dam and he thought huh i got an idea <laughs> the hoover dam <laughs> so dad you've been hiring these guys to come clear your property you've gone about it all wrong you needed to have a series of different animals that would have taken care of all if that people knew the the interaction i have had for the last 40 years with beavers that's why i'm saying they, they you've got be, to harness the they beaver. would be astounded on what beavers can do don't with, fight with the earth. Join forces. Yep. So now I've I'm renovating my property via the farm animals. <laughs> I thought it was pretty interesting. Everything we do over to our east, all that property, and it's substantial now. You know, it's a few miles wide and a few miles long. And you but you look at but the beavers are the ones that they create the most work, moving earth. Yeah. They are very dedicated to what they do they will not they will you will not get them off of it they're they're gonna they're gonna pack it they're gonna make levees dams to hold water we break them so it doesn't kill all the timber we've left some through the years you know and but it's a change of habitat they change the habitat you know they got that the biggest animal made structure on the earth is in in alberta right out of alberta canada there up in there it's over it's a about dam. a mile long, three quarter to a mile long. One beaver dam holding oh huge bodies of water now. So well, they've been at it for about forty years, and but they'll change the change the the look of the planet. My point was though, we got to this farm, and it's you know my whole family was there, and you just I tell you what you don't do is watch TV. You you it's peaceful, it's quiet. You're in the middle of nowhere. It's in the woods. You got all these farm animals. You work the farm. You talk. I mean, I see so the power. The, you missed the Ryder Cup farming? I did watch the Ryder Cup. <laughs> but, but look, same <laughs> principle there. These guys who, I mean, a bunch of, let's face it, overpaid golfers for what they do. Yeah. I mean, they're making millions of dollars. They're out there. Enemies are hugging you know, DeChambeau yeah. and Kepka. Oh, yeah. The European, these golfers are making millions of dollars. They're crying. Tears. You know, I saw Roy yeah. McElroy. You know, he's dropping four-letter words. and I mean, and crying over losing. 
And they're like, this is the greatest tournament ever. Uh, and they get paid zero dollars for this. But it just shows you they're tapped into principles that we've been talking about in the Sermon on the Mount. When people come together, not for a materialistic reason or financial gain, but they're playing for each other and then their country. And their country. And it just does something that's hard to explain. They're, they're trying to figure out what what is this phenomenon. Well, yeah, you're not being selfish. That's the phenomenon. Right. Because golf, let's face it, it's the ultimate selfish game. You're, right. you're just It's totally solo. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. And they talked a lot about it, every one of them. But you're right. You hear community. You hear brotherhood. Yeah. You know, the idea of pulling for each other. I mean, I mean, the whole thing was around that. And it looked, it's, people were fired up. They were there too. I mean, it was, that was another thing. That was, I mean, they're, they're chatting USA. I mean, it was, they were into it. Well, that's why James 3, was it 16? It says, for where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder and every evil practice. I mean, the root of our problems is, is being selfish. Right. So even in the world, if you can find something where you're being unselfish and you're being a part of something and you're, you're having to be unselfish and, right. and team. I mean, it, you see, you know, it's it. Great things can happen, and emotions come, and passion, and so, you know, you take that another step and get into what you have in Jesus, and that what we share in that. Well, it's just going to be that much better because yeah. the benefits of being in Jesus, we can be together forever, and He can. I mean, He can control the atoms and the molecules and i mean you, you start looking at the possibilities they're they're endless if you if you have you want to be a part of something for a little while and do great things or if you want to be part of our forever family i'm, I'm going with the forever yeah, one of the things i thought was interesting jay is what the these guys are like you said they're all millionaires they you know obviously the best in the world but the sticky points of the competition were the same things that we were playing it yeah. was giving putts like you know, because the one thing is there's a little bit of discretion as whether you give somebody the putt or not, how short it is. And the few times I saw, like, people upset, it was because they wouldn't give them a putt. One time DeChambeau put his putter down, like, to show it with the length, <laughs> how that thing was so in the leather. You know, I just thought that was funny that these guys who play and all these great shots, but they're still just like us. They're like, what, what I, you're going to make me putt this? <laughs> so, yeah, at the end of the day, you got to remember, they dug a bunch of holes in the ground, beautiful scenery. Oh, my goodness, that place. And you're, you know, you're putting a ball in a hole in the ground. I mean, yep. it's not real earth-shattering <laughs> things that are happening. Well, to our text. Hang on, Dad, can, Hang on, let's take a break. So, Zach, did you know that um, even an okay credit score can cost you a hundred grand over the life of a thirty-year home loan? Oh, did I you, did know that. You did I know. absolutely know that because you know you bought a lot of houses in your life till you and Jill. Oh, yeah, I watch my credit score. Credit score Big is important, time. and the, and the reason why is because it obviously helps you secure a lower interest rate, right? The yeah. better your credit score. So that's why you need our one of our sponsors is a company called Scoremaster. So they help you actually before you go and apply for any loan because they're going to get your yeah. credit score up and they're going to do it pretty quickly, which is what you need. So the average user adds 61 points in 20 days or less. And Lisa and I have used it. It helped us when we bought the Southern Lair. And so uh, it, it definitely works. It can save you thousands of dollars. Uh, over the course of a home loan or any loan uh, that you that Oh, I did it too. Yeah, it's good. It, it works, doesn't it? But it's pretty simple to use because you get in there and, and you can click on a button and it will show you, like for me, I had to pay off, I had a, a couple of high balances on a credit card that said, if you pay this much, then you're going to get this much increase in your credit score. So it's real specific to tell you what you're supposed to do for your actual financial situation. It works. So if you want to check these guys out, go to scoremaster.com slash feel. That's scoremaster.com slash feel. Just takes a few minutes to enroll. Save some money. To our text, if anyone can get around this, that's you, Jace, you, Al, and well, old, I woke up early Zach this morning out there ready to shoot some holes in this thing. One of the things Jesus said, beginning with the Sermon on the Mount, the Beatitudes, uh, you've heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, 
love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you that you'll be which was my point about DeChambeau and be Kepler. sons of your father enemies were loving each other over a common so goal. Jesus rolls in after saying these things and you have a chapter and all it is is a series uh I'll give you the definition in a minute. A series of events unfolded. The yep. man with leprosy, we have a guy. It doesn't mention whether he was a Christian or a heathen. But you're saying there's a transition there, which to set this up, all of a sudden, the, between 7 and 8, there's this huge transition. That's correct. That's what we're having this pre-debate about. That's it. So Jesus is on the scene. So you got the man with leprosy, the faith of the centurion. Somebody was dying in his family, and he said, you say the word. Jesus said, no, that's faith. Jesus heals many, about verse 14, 18, the cost of following Jesus. Then Jesus calms a storm. Mm -hmm. Then Jesus heals the demon-possessed men. You're like, he's, these, these people would be characterized as rank and file, Enemies of the cross. I mean, these people have a lot of, including just infectious diseases that he threw in there. I wrote this down. Well, some, because Peter's mother-in-law was one of them. Mother-in-law, some people, that's right, but yeah. in and out. But it, but he made no difference in them, whether they're just right. demon-possessed or whether they're Phillips. I was just saying, they all yeah. weren't necessarily I mean, He just healed them at random. What I didn't gra grasp, but I but I, I I learned to grasp it, you know, after I kept reading this, miracle. It's a strange thing. Uh, Jesus came down the mountainside. A man with leprosy came and knelt before him and said, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. Now, the, the guy believed he could do it, so he had faith. Jesus reached out his hand. Now, here was the format on the way Jesus was healing the sick, the afflicted, the demon-possessed. Here's the format. I'm willing. Now, check this out, Al. I'm willing. Be clean. Boom. Boom. I'm willing. Be clean. Well, you're like, wait a minute. Then he said, don't tell anyone. Go show yourself to the priest. They were still under the law of Moses that Jesus wrote. Many, many thousands of years, a couple thousand years earlier. You're like, he said, go to the priest. So go through the routine. Offer the gift Moses commanded. We'll deal with that in a minute as a testimony to him. But first, get in your mind. A miracle, a strange thing. What Jesus did in Matthew chapter 8, there were strange things. Like it was nothing uh, to wonder at. Like, what in the world did he just do? An event or action that apparently contradicts known scientific laws. Uh, yeah. And is hence thought to be due to supernatural causes, especially an act of God. I'm just giving you what an American dictionary says about the word miracle. A remarkable event that is marveled at. I just wrote down here just a thought. Uh, there's no change of money involved in any of this. There's been a lot of people with a lot of schemes to say, watch this. And they're seers. They're, they're what, what do they call them, Alan? Biblically speaking, seers and... Uh, Groups of individuals running around. The Apostle Paul and him ran up on them in the book of Acts. Ho there's hollering and this and that and other, you know. Yeah, there was pretty good, uh, there was pretty good commerce. So Jesus, in a matter Jesus. of seconds, with minutes, with each one of these groups that are, that are hurting. But one of the things I want you all to look at, which I did, when the guy with leprosy was healed, he was told to do this. Go. Don't tell anybody, but go. Now, by the way, look, I'm going to heal this scourge you have, but don't tell anybody I did it. Now, what kind of, what kind of person would say, yeah, I can heal you. Boom. He's healed. 
and then be told, don't tell anyone. But he did say, show yourself to the priest, go show yourself to the priest and offer the gift Moses commanded as a testimony to them. Well, because I think he told them not to tell anyone because the overall plan was to to die for humanity. And he's still yeah, at the yeah. beginning. He's, he's, yeah, yeah. he's got three years to go. Of course, because later on he does. He's doing this he does one. easily. No money's changing hands. There's nothing in it for him. Well, like and nine. He's just doing it. 930, you know, after he healed the uh, the guy that was blind, another, a different scenario, and the mute, a guy that was mute, he says, see that no one knows about this. Of course, the next verse says, but they went out and spread the news about him all over the region. Which, which he knew was going to happen. So, well, yeah. Bert, yeah, eight, but, uh, 818 uh, says a crowd formed. You know, So even though he told them to be quiet, don't tell anybody, they came. Yeah. You know, they definitely showed so up. Zero, yeah. So I zeroed in <clears throat> on, well, what, would you, what does it mean to go show yourself to the priest and offer the gift? <clears throat> There's a gift involved in this that Moses commanded as a testimony to him. So I got back in Leviticus 14 when, when uh, the, the Bible is talking about cleansing from infectious skin diseases, which the guy that Jesus healed had, leprosy. Now watch. These are the regular, uh, the Lord said to Moses. So here's the little caveat when he said, by the way, but go down there and do what Moses told you to do. So he goes back to Leviticus 14. These are the regulations for the diseased person in the time of the ceremonial cleansing, uh, which he's brought to the priest. Now, y'all listen to this carefully and watch how long and drawn out this. If you had leprosy under the law of Moses way back, you had a big problem. Uh, these are the regulations for the diseased person at the time of his ceremonial cleansing when he is brought to the priest. Well, that's what Jesus told us that guy to do. The priest is to go outside the camp, examine him. If the person has been healed of his infectious skin disease, the priest shall order the two clean live birds and some cedar wood, scarlet yarn, hyssop, and, and he goes through this big thing. Well, you get out out of verse 8. The person to be cleansed must wash his clothes, Shave off all his hair. Now, now look. Uh oh. Personal this, now. <laughs> stack this up with Jesus said, I'm willing to heal you. Be clean. Boom, boom. No shaving head, no doing anything, no washing the clothes. Beards are gone. <laughs> Shave off all his hair, bathe with water, and he'll be ceremonially clean. After that, he may come into the camp, but he must stay outside his tent for seven days. This thing's turning into a pretty long, elongated event. <laughs> On the seventh day, he must shave his off his hair, shave his head, his beard, eyebrows, and Whoa. the rest. Of it. I'm talking about skin. Be a skinhead <laughs> from one end to the other. Yeah. So watch. He must wash his clothes, bathe himself. What he'll be clean. On the eighth day, now watch. He must bring two male lambs and one ewe lamb, a year old, each without defect. Defect, along with three tenths of an eighth half of fine flour and mixed mixed with the exact amount, and mixed with oil for a grain offering, and one log of oil. The priest who pronounces him clean shall present both the one to be cleansed and his offerings before the Lord at the entrance to the tent of meeting. Now look, then the priest is to take one of the male lamb. Look, it's a whole chapter. <laughs> devoted to what would you do under the law of Moses? If what you had is a skin it, what's disease. the procedure that you must? Yeah. And this looks like going from one doctor to the next one, and they're all and your gifts are coming out of and you know, shaving everything. <laughs> it was sheer a nightmare to have some kind of infectious disease. A thousand well, five hundred I mean, years earlier, two thousand years. I mean, it is amazing, and I think what Matthew four is about is you say, look, Matthew eight, Matthew eight. Matthew eight I mean, when you look at Matthew eight, you say, what, what's that all about? It just shows you the one 
not only who gave these regulations, he's trying to tell everybody, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. I will take care of you. Just trust in me. I can do this. And it's not the rigmarole you've been going, you're having to do for the last 1,500 years. Yeah, I'll do it. Be clean. How about it? And he's looking there. Good night. I mean, it's good. He said, that, that's, that's the difference between well, that, me and the law. That the power of this. Let's take a break. So, Jace, uh, would you characterize yourself now as a farmer or a rancher? Yeah. Are you a rat? Because you have you have animals. I think I'm a rancher. I think you'd be a rancher too, because you got chickens, yeah. goats. Do you have any cows? Do you have no cows, but if the trees fall down after the goats ate them, and I get the pigs in after they root out the trees, <laughs> the cows. My are plan is to bring cows. Now by this time, I may be 95 <laughs> years old. <laughs> well, maybe your sons will be ranchers. Long too. range. So one of our uh, one of our sponsors. Is a company called Good Ranchers, which I guess that would apply to you now because you're a good rancher. I'm all here. And uh, one of the things that they do is they make sure that they get uh, USA-grown beef uh, to you uh, because about 80% of grass-fed beef actually is imported from overseas, which, you know, some of it may be good. Who knows? But when it's coming from somebody else under different standards, we're not sure. These guys have the best standards and the best meat. So you go to goodranchers.com and you can buy their meat. You can subscribe, which they'll send you a, a monthly package of meat. It's, it's really great. It saves you money, basically $5 a meal. Saves you 20% off of each box. So you get an additional $20 off and free express shipping. If you go to goodranchers.com slash fill or use the code fill at checkout. That's $20 off free express shipping at goodranchers.com slash fill. Is that amazing or what? That's it is amazing. Me. Well, it is. And it's a, one of the things you, you proved out by reading that most of that chapter is I know now why every Bible reading program, somebody starts at Genesis, why it bogs down around Leviticus. <laughs> I, I, I was hesitant to bring it up because I don't camp out in Leviticus. I camp but out now, in, in Jesus, him crucified and raised from the, the dead. the point about the whole thing we just studied about why he kept saying you can't live under law. That's right. Because well, that he proves said he what came you're... to fulfill the law. That's... Because if you keep this law up, what popped into my head when you were reading that is to me it's the same thing when you look at the physical prisons and the physical breaking of man's law. We come up with phrases that don't make any sense. That's it's right. like, look, we'll call a guy a model prisoner. Well, does that make you feel good about this guy? He's a model prisoner. And look, they'll say, well, he got out early. Why? Because of good behavior. Does it make you feel any better? His heart could be, you know, he could have a rap sheet a mile long. Right. And they're like, yeah, but he's he's been good here. And that's the way I feel about No, not about, even good. He's been better than the guy next to him. Well, right. <laughs> what He's a model prison. Just think about your, your, your son's in prison, and you're like, hey, this he, just he's in. A model. What struck me is I think Jesus and his point, Zach, he's trying to get him to see being under law is hard. Well, Phil, it, that's it, what I was getting to. My point it's is, hard though, in it out. If it you is. if you follow all the rules and you do all the things you're supposed to do, you're still under law. Right. I, I, right. Read Leviticus and then wipe your brow and say. So you're only good until Whoa. the next law is broken. That's right. And ultimately, what we've said a million times on this podcast is the law God gave it to us to show us that we cannot do this. Which is why when Jesus came, we're like, oh, th- there's a way right. to fulfill it, it, the law through this guy? That's it. But look, it, If you can do this, Jesus is saying, just think about being under me and my love for you and grace and mercy. Just think mm-hmm. of the difference and you'll begin to understand how my burden is light, my yoke's easy. Well, look, he shows you he's greater than law because in verse 3, he reached out his hand and touched the man. That's a no can do. 
you couldn't touch lepers. Oh, I mean that was a, that was big time off limits. Shave off every hair he has That's on right. his body, including his eyebrows. An eyebrow hair to, <laughs> to, to land on us. But right? look, I was talking about all those animals at the farm. You know, when you look, what's the difference between animals and, and humans? You know, the animals that we I have acquired, they're completely on a a law of work system. If you don't bring anything to the table, literally, and, and you are a nuisance, the wages of that sin is either banishment or death. Yep. You know, it's like it, we, we the time I tried to get you to take the fire out of your dog, I was like, well, look, Phil, you need to take him out of that pen and and let him live in your house a little bit, and he won't be so fired up when he goes out there, take the starch out of it. The, the problem was the law of works at your house caused you too much misery. You, you said, nope, banishment, banishment, banishment. Because you turned him loose for two days. And told it the whole started house. with him peeing on everything <laughs> well, in right. the house and outside the house. So it, that, I, that, I, He cocked that leg up. I, I would add, though, that it, it's not the negation of doing stuff. You have to do something. And and I think that uh, Paul makes this clear at the end of Romans 9 when he juxtaposes the Gentiles and the Jews. He says, what shall we say then? The Gentiles who did not pursue righteousness, attain righteousness, even, even the righteousness which is by faith, but Israel pursuing a law, going back to the law here, of righteousness did not arrive at the law. Why? It's because they did not pursue it, which is doing, by the way. If you pursue something, you're doing something. Their problem was they didn't do it the right way. They didn't pursue it by faith, but as if it were by works. And they stumbled over the stumbling stone, which, by the way, is Jesus. So that it's not the, the, the law does not, what Jesus, what Jesus is, is saying here in all of this is not saying you don't have to do anything. It's just what is the what is your motivation in doing it? Is it is it coming from a position of faith that I trust and, and I actually trust that God is able and that He's good, or am I trying to earn it? I think that's that that's the distinction. Right in the middle of that, Zach, I, I think that's why, to your point, when it came to the centurion, the centurion said, "You don't have to go there. Just say the word. You'll be all right." He believed yeah. that. Well, it was showing you right in the middle of all these things. What faith could do, Jesus said. Now there is the kind of person I'm looking for, right? Yeah, there. but that's exactly right. Because it goes back to that 5:48 when he said, "Be be perfect, therefore, as the law says." No, Jesus was introducing this concept as your heavenly Father is perfect. So it's like with all those farm animals I have, I have my kids there. Well, guess what? I love my kids because they're my son and my daughter. They're not under the law of work system. When they mess up, because, I mean, we've all had our moments with our kids. Yep. Maybe awkward for you, Phil, but yeah. And so, but it's a different concept, and that's what distinguishes us from from the animal world, because they're pretty much 100% selfish the entire time. The strongest will survive. But us as humans, we have this, this gift from God that we can be fathers yep. and mothers and have these relationships and uh, Missy and I was talking about this a lesson she heard Sunday. She was like the 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 sermon she heard when you offer forgiveness. She was saying that means you may go. I'm releasing that. But the difference is in God's redemption, it says you may stay. And she was just getting. I thought it was a good point that how despite our mess ups and and despite our flaws, you know. Jesus went through this whole thing on a cross so that not that just so we could live, you know, live our own lives and, and feel good about it, that, that he loves us, but that we could even coexist with him and still remain despite all our baggage. Well, that's something the law does not offer. That's right. Well, and I think. Plus, uh, the, to your point, I brought it up yesterday in my sermon. Love keeps no record of wrongs, no record of wrong, God being the king of love. You say, keeps no record of wrongs. Boy, if I, if I got there, I would be there. Yeah, that's right. Keeps no record. Let's take a break. 
So, Jay's, you and I spend, unfortunately, time away from our wives because when you have two places, sometimes they're at the other place. It happens. And you're at home. I've noticed that with me, the thing I miss the most are clean clothes and clean sheets because I don't know how to wash anything. Well, I do. So I mean, you think you would just a washing machine, but when's the last time you washed a load of clothes, Dad? I've no, never washed this a load of clothes. This is a sore subject with them. <laughs> <laughs> He's never. But Phil is, is fine with stinking. So. That's right. so here's what I do. Since I don't know how to wash anything, and neither does Dad, uh, I make sure Lisa has a fresh, brand-new set of uh, or clean set of bowl and branch sheets which are my favorite, that are always can be put on. So I don't necessarily have to wash them and put them back on because there's going to be a clean set of sheets somewhere or a new set of sheets. So that's kind of how I do it when she's not around. Uh, Bowling Branch is a great company. It was founded in 2014 by husband and wife team, uh, Scott and Missy Tannen. They do a great job. Uh, three U.S. presidents loves it, so we're in good company, Jays, uh, with our Bowling Branch sheets. So here's what you want to do to check these guys out. You go to Bowl and Branch, B-O-L-L and Branch.com. Use the promo code Robertson. You're going to get 15% off your first set of sheets when you use the promo code Robertson. Bowl and Branch.com. Get you some great sheets. You got a 30-night worry-free money-back guarantee, free shipping, so you don't have to worry about it, but you'll love these sheets. Yeah, and and I think... To your point earlier, Dad, you in Leviticus fourteen, <clears throat> or Le, yeah, Leviticus fourteen, you only see the procedural that's right. nature. That's right. Of but remember, it started it said if for some reason you you got healed. In other words, if somehow you got over it, here's the process. So imagine you're this priest, you're this spiritual, you're set aside person in all of Israel, and all you're dealing with is the procedures. That's right. You miss the point that some poor sap who had this disease comes in. So I thought it was interesting because Jesus, you know, it's almost contradictory. In verse 4, he says, don't tell anyone. But then he says, but go and to the priest and offer this gift. Why? As a testimony to them. Yeah. So in other words, he wanted them to know yep. that this guy had been healed, yep. which I thought was interesting because he said, you know, don't tell anybody, but I want you to go and show them as a testimony. He's trying to show Because they're going to be scratching their head and yeah. say, but he didn't go through the ritual. So wait right. a minute. How did he get healed? How did this happen? <laughs> what, you know, he was, he was wanting questions to be raised yep. as to, as to the why. And of course we did. Great point. Al. We didn't go into this, but I think this whole purpose of chapter eight and the first part of chapter nine is because we ended the last one with the verse 28 and 29. It says, he taught as one who had authority. So I think what you're seeing now is he's going to show, they all said, man, this guy seems like he's in charge. And he's fixing to show you why he is in charge. So, well, that's what I was going to say. How they never <laughs> dreamed that we're talking to the guy here, the person who wrote it. The yeah. law of well, exactly right. I mean, when Phil <laughs> said, I'm going to give you my That's exp- a big bite there. Phil <laughs> said, I'm going to give you my explanation of eight and nine. And then Al said he's going to give his, and I was going to give mine. But Al tapped into what I was going to say. Because you got to remember, in Matthew 5, 1, it says, he went up on a mountainside. And he sat down, disciples, and he told them, he basically discussed this, what he's bringing. Yeah, why he's here. Well, in chapter 8, he came down from the mountain. And so my point is, this is what I'm going to do, as, as crazy as it was, and for us to get our heads around the Beatitudes and these principles that sound Totally opposite from the way the real world functions. Yeah, Being correct. poor in spirit and when merciful, you, and you know, not only don't c- keep the commands, you gotta like it, not yeah, keeping it. Love and, your enemies. Yeah, love. <laughs> whoa. Well, then he comes down and he shows. So to me, he tells them, and then when he came down, he actually was fixed to show them these practices. What he just said in in living time. That's why they're all so different. But if you look at it from the people's perspective, and I zeroed in on the one in chapter nine, which we'll eventually get to, which he said, you came up there, the guy's paralyzed. And he's like, 
he comes up and says, take heart, your sins are forgiven. Do what? Yeah. I mean, because look, to that guy, I mean, I'm sure he was a little disappointed. He's paralyzed. He wants to be healed. And they're like, your sins are forgiven. Because, I mean, he's looking at it like, I can go through the the legal system and have that happen if I just meet the requirement. I'm, I'm positive he, he was disappointed. But Jesus was trying to show more than the law. I bring more than what the law can offer, which but, but, yeah, eventually the, the, got it. The, uh, that's what, I think this is the thing he's getting at here in the whole narrative of, of Matthew's gospel is that the more that he's offering is – is not just a minimum legal requirement. That's the law. What the law gives you, what's the bare minimum? And so you think about your relationship with your wife. If you, uh, I heard someone say that recently, what if you went to your wife and said, what's the bare minimum that I have to do to, to legally stay married to you? Your relationship probably wouldn't go that well. And what Jesus is offering here is not just the bare minimum. It's not just you know grind it out 80 years, you get to go to heaven and live your autonomous life in heaven forever. What he's offering is union with himself. That's why you look at verse 18, you, you see it, you get a picture of these people, even, even here they didn't get it because they're coming to Jesus for just what they can get out of him, primarily healings, miracles. And it says here in 18 of, of uh, verse 8, when Jesus uh, saw a crowd around him, he gave orders, to, and uh, this is what they said. He said, uh, teacher, I'll follow you wherever you go. Well, I'm thinking, of course you will, because you know this guy's healing everybody. Of course you'll follow him. But Jesus said to him, the foxes have holes and the, and the birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. In other words, you, if you want to follow me, it's going to cost you something. And he ups the ante when he says, uh, let me go bury my father. And Jesus is like, you don't get it. <laughs> let, let the dead bury the dead. But you, if you want to follow me, it's going to cost you something. What I'm really offering you is not just the, the benefits of these miracles and healings and whatnot. What I'm really offering you is is union. I'm, I'm going to take you into relationship with the Father, which is what he says later, right? I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and nobody comes to the Father except through me. I think that's the more that we're missing out on is that Jesus is the prize. It's not just eternal existence. Jesus is the prize. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Yep. Yeah, I agree. I think in those verses he was basically saying also on the cost of following Jesus that you're just visiting here, this is not the end. So, because you think about why do we build homes? Well, we want to, that's where we want to live. Well, he's like, we're not, we don't live here. This is not your final destination. Because then the next one is, well, what about a funeral? Let me go back. He's like, let the, we're not living here. This is not the final resting place. Yeah. That's why the next, the next story, he talks about calming the storm. I mean, he's asleep, and it says the storm was furious. And they're like, oh, Lord, save us. We're going to drown. Well, he had already just, just made this. Now, whether Matthew just did this to give you this visual image, but he already just said, let the dead bear their own dead. We're not worried about that. You don't have to worry about having some final dwelling of retirement here and, and work your way into building a nice house on a hill where you'll retire, and then we'll put you in the ground. He says, you have little faith. Why are you so afraid? And then he got up and rebuked the winds and the waves that it was completely calm. Well, I don't know any other message than he's trying to tell them that I have power to take you off this place, to extend your life. If I can, if the things that can destroy you, I have control over. After about the, that third miraculous event, I'm saying... I'd be with him. Yeah, because look at the difference, though. Look, he's healing people. They healed the guy with leprosy. He then, you know, we get into the demon possession. So you got like the physical, the spiritual, the mental. Well, then you get here. It, these are the natural things that could cause you problems. There's no, there's, this is not by accident. He's going through every possible scenario that could cause problems. If you think this place is your final destination. Because it's all about the kingdom. Let's take our last break. I agree, Jason. In fact, before we leave those first three, I don't think it's an accident that he, I call them the untouchables. So he starts out with a leper, couldn't touch him. 
Yep. Then a Gentile oppressor. I mean, not well, only was he a Gentile, yeah. this guy. That's the story we need and we, to and not zero to, in Yeah, on we that. need to zero in and on then, this is cra- That's a crazy story because all of a sudden he comes from nowhere. And, and it's it's basically the And he's entry. only heard about it. There's no way he knows anything. He's only heard people talking about it. Well, and it's controversial because he's leading armies to other people's death, yeah, which is, yeah. that's why, look, when I got to the commentaries, when I showed up this morning, I showed you all my notes, which I don't know if you all can see this. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. I, that's where Jace's mind yeah, Zach, was. Zach, this is Jace's mind. My, this, is, this is a blank nothing. sheet. Blank look, sheet of paper. most of these commentaries. Uh, and he's done most of the talking here. <laughs> commentaries and scholars. Look, they Amen. skip. Can I get this point out? Most of out. the commentaries and scholars skip this section. They go from seven to ten. I know, and they're so rich. There's, I mean, there's well, some... because look, I didn't know that there was some huge controversy about these demons. The when Jesus cast out the demons from the men, yeah. and put them into the hogs, they yeah. said, you know, send us into the hogs, and and they go down a mountain and die. It was like I stumbled up on you know the greatest controversy of the organized religion, <laughs> which I wasn't real sure what everyone so shook up about. Maybe y'all can educate me on. But that's why people stay away from this kind of stuff. Because it's like, not only did he take on all the controversial things from a Jewish mindset with the law and the Sermon on the Mount, now he just starts going, and he does things that people are like, what in the world? That is correct. Hey, there's a Roman centurion that he's welcoming. Oh, I got to get away. We're disfellowshipping him that's, right that's now. That's the point I made earlier when he said, you've heard, you know, love your neighbor and hate your enemies. He said, no, he's, he's, proved, he's healed them all here. Yeah. When yeah. he said, love your enemies. Yeah. And I think what people miss about the hall, the demons being thrown out of the halls, whatever the ramifications of that were they're forgetting about the two guys who were demon possessed that's why jesus did it i mean there was no word in any of those commentaries about being thankful and grateful that jesus had compassion on those two guys and freedom which it's all about what does it mean with the with the pigs going down why would jesus kill a bunch of pigs i mean this is some kind of weird apocalyptic sign uh, yeah. No, but that's that's crazy. what we talked about before with the Sermon on the Mount. You have to understand why he was saying what he was saying and why he was doing this. So he gets to the to this guy, and this I like. Right off the bat, in verse six, he says, "Lord." So he calls him Adonai. This is a Roman centurion that comes to a Jewish carpenter and calls him Lord. My servant lies at home paralyzed and is in terrible suffering. He didn't even ask him to do anything. He's just reporting. And then Jesus says, I'll go and heal him. And he said, Lord, again, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof. Again, this doesn't even make any sense. I mean, this is a guy who could have just said, hey, I'll go to my house and and help my servant. That's the way he would have treated anybody else. So somehow he has faith. He said, just say the word. He said, I myself am a man under authority. There's authority again. He's over watching all this and probably had seen Jesus before, whatever. And, and he'd already decided he, he he's the one you want to go to. Well, he gives an illustration about his own authority, meaning that he's telling Jesus, you have authority over me and That's everything right. else. Yep. I mean, it's a submissive act. And then Jesus says, I tell you the truth, I have not found anyone, anyone in Israel with such great faith. And then he describes how a lot of people who claim to be faithful are going to find out they're not because they have faith in the wrong thing. So I just thought it was fascinating, Jace, that this is another untouchable that shows by faith that that's what he's looking for in the kingdom. What's his final statement, Al? Jesus said to the centurion, uh, go, uh, it'll be done just as you believed it would. Yeah. And the servant, he was healed at that very hour. Right. So he, he did have the power to just think it. He didn't even say it. He just thought it. Yeah. And the guy. Well, was which was so troubling because then, but people said, well, why don't he do that today? Yeah. Just like we said in the last. What, are you talking about the healings? Well, I'm saying, no, the fact. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, the fact that he just, that he didn't have to be there. I mean, the centurion said, just give the word. Well, 
He just thought the word. You say, and, why and does he, he doesn't do it today? So then people say, well, how come he's letting, there's yeah. so much misery on the, the planet? My, my answer, Jace, is I just read Matthew 8. That's good enough for me. Yeah, well, me too. No. Well, and you know what I would say, Jace? That's what I was if you to ask that, <laughs> If you ask that question, then you're not thinking like this guy thought. That's yeah. right. That's right. Right off the bat. Because you're right. thinking, why why am I not getting mine? That that he didn't approach that away at all. In fact, when he could have tried to boss Jesus around, Jesus offered to go. He said, Oh no, no, Lord, you don't have to go. I realize you're a man with authority. You can just you can just say it or think. Well, that's next level faith. That's why he said well, you gotta be careful though. You gotta be careful not to seek the miracles over the miracle giver. I mean, Correct. that is a I do think that that love it. Matthew eight. I mean, I think that's what's yeah. in the smack dab in the middle of it. Yeah, you know, that's why I always say, yeah. When people say, "Well, do you believe in miracles?" I'm like, "Well, of course, God can do whatever He wants to, but it's a greater. It's to your favor if you have faith and are in good standing position with the miracle worker. That yeah. would that's so yeah. much better than having a miracle done in your life." I mean, I'm like you, Zach, when I hear sermons that when they get up and say, who's ready for a miracle today? I'm like, how about just give me the miracle worker? That's what we need. Yeah. Good point. Well, and then the last the last of these untouchables is in 14. It's a woman, which we've already established when we studied the book of John, that women were seen in a different way, especially for Jewish leaders and rabbis. But Jesus come in, comes into Peter's house his mother-in-law was lying in bed with a fever. He touched her hand, and the fever left her. And then it shows you what kind of woman she is, and she got up and began to wait on him. I mean, which shows you, you know what I'm saying? Like she's been laying there with a fever. Let me get up and rustle up a little grub. Let me get up some grub. But again, that was, I don't think that's accidental, as you said earlier, Jay, that he starts out with, in this culture, and the people he's talking to, three people that you would never want to, you know, be friends with, touch, you know, help, stay away from these people. Yep. And that's how he starts this showing. I don't think it's an accident that there's the demon. The, the, yeah. So you got the fourth one too. The demon possessed a person it says no one could, uh, no one could cut pass by that way. So even him, he was an untouchable as well. I thought, and I, I think it's interesting that when Jesus cast out the, the, um, the demons, they, they have to ask him for permission to go into the pigs Again, yep. you see the authority of Christ. They go into the pigs, and what? And the pigs end up, you know, what, uh, killing themselves because that's what evil does. It, it leads to death. But you know. yeah, yeah, and we'll 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 uh we'll talk a little bit more about that in the next podcast. I don't think it's an accident that there were ten specific miracles in eight and nine. Now there's some other ones, and there was ten commandments, and he's making a transition into what we were talking about earlier. It's more what motivates you. But I do find that interesting, and I don't think it's an accident. It may not mean anything, but it just seems weird that he gave 10 specific miracles in those next two chapters after he came down. It's a good point. You know, Mike said just in his sermon, he was doing the Sermon on the Mount, that when Jesus went up on that mountainside, in his mind, it was a visual of, you know, Moses went up on the mountain to get the law to relay that to the people. And now he was going to recast the whole idea and he made that same link, you know, so that makes sense. Even the post side, here's, here's 10 things that point to my, maybe it's nothing, but you got to remember Matthew is pretty meticulous. Yeah. When it came to numbers and very Jewish aimed at the Jewish. Oh yeah. All right. We'll, We'll try to do better next time. Thanks for listening to the unashamed podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes. And don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube and be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.